0: Welcome to the sermon podcast from North Decatur United Methodist Church, where all are welcomed and included, connected with God and with one another, and sent out in service an invitation to the world. Each week, we bring you the most recent sermon from me, Patrick Fallhaber, or from guest preachers. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Would y'all pray with me? Holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. So that whether it's because of me or even in spite of me, it would still be your word that is faithfully proclaimed and your name that is glorified. Amen. Affirmations of faith are complicated. I know I've had some conversations with some of y'all that having a creed that you have to believe every aspect of is complicated. Because the kinds of things that we affirm are complicated. So much of our scriptures tells us that the wisdom that comes to us through faith is about exploring a mystery, and so when we try to articulate any aspect of that of that mystery, all of it seems to fall apart in our hands. As soon as we start to define who God is, we start having these circle kinds of conversations, right? God is Father, Son, and Spirit. God is Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer. God is three, but really God is one. If you try to say that God is three, then you are off on a theological cliff. And if you try to say that God is just one, one, then you're also kind of confused, and we sort of get stuck in the middle, and then we have to try to identify, like, okay, so God the Father is this big God that creates things, which is different, but also kind of the same as the God who is also God the Father's son, which makes perfect sense. Uh if you think about it i guess and so the god the father and god the son are actually the same thing but it's because of god the son that we're able to have a relationship with god the father even though there isn't really a distinction between the two things but the way that we're ha- we're able to have a relationship with god the father is because of christ but not through christ through the through the spirit and the spirit is the one that connects God the Father to us through Christ. Amen? It's confusing. It's confusing. It is so confusing to try to define what it is we believe with some words. In a book or on a piece of paper, our life is more complicated than that. Our faith is more complicated than that. The scriptures themselves are more complicated than that. So whenever we start to define what we believe with a particular creed, a lot of us tend to just throw up our hands because it's just too much. And then we start looking at the creed itself as the, as the problem, right? It, the, the creed is what keeps me from being able to be spiritually connected to God because it removes my faith from my heart and soul and puts it right up in my head because we have to start rationalizing all these things that don't make sense. This has been the challenge for... For me, too. Um, I was reading a book the other day called The Jesus Manifesto, which is better than it sounds like it would be. <laughs> the author is prone to these sort of like big uh, statements. But in um, it, he had a really helpful thing. Maybe it's because I, over the pandemic, my hobby, the thing that I threw myself into was, was woodworking. Um, So partially I was gifted a bunch of tools. I've talked about that here before, so I won't go into it. Um, But I was gifted a bunch of tools and started getting into woodworking. And one of the things that he said in this book was uh, he started talking about the difference between something that's been veneered and something that's made from real wood. If you're not familiar with the veneer, veneer, it's really simple. A veneer is just basically a really thin slice off of some sort of hardwood. Sometimes it's oak, sometimes it's walnut, sometimes it can be just about anything, but it's a veneer that's sort of trimmed off about a a little less than a quarter of an inch that gets laid out on something less expensive, usually like MDF, which is like a bunch of, it's like a particle board basically, and it, it makes something that isn't wood look like wood. So it's pleasing to the eye even though it's not actually made of the, the thing that it appears to be made of, right? In some ways, this is almost as complicated as uh, talking about the Trinity, right? Like, Is it a wooden piece of furniture? Well, s- sort of. <laughs> there is oak in it, But it is not oak, right? Like, it's sort of both things. Have I lost everybody? Okay. It's confusing. One of the things he said is that too much of Christianity is about being like Christ, veneered, as opposed to becoming Christ. Do you you understand what I'm saying? There's something dramatic that happens in our faith when we decide to walk into this mystery that's too big for words. That we become something altogether different. And too much of our faith And I mean this, when I say our, I don't necessarily mean you like a pointing, waggling finger. I mean, like, collectively, it's hard to let the core of ourselves be changed into something altogether different. In many ways, it's painful. And it's far easier to cover over ourselves with something that looks the part. In the book of Ephesians, um, which is a really cool book, just a weird, nerdy deep dive, the book of Ephesians, in the first versions of it, like the earliest versions of it, there actually is no city name. It's not authored to the Ephesians, it's authored to the church, and over time as it got circulated, the title Ephesians started showing up more and more. This letter uh, written to a group of believers isn't about the city of Ephesus, which is part of the reason why, if you've ever read it, it tends to be the most vague of Paul's letters, because he's writing to the people of faith, who are all together. Gentiles and Jews, men and women and children, basically a diversity of what the first century folks would look like in what is now, you know, Palestine, Middle East-ish areas. He's writing a sort of complicated letter to a group of people that aren't particular enough to give very specific instructions on what it means to be to, to live a life of faith but giving a more expansive read on what it means to live as unified siblings in christ and so in the second chapter starting at verse 11 he has these things to say so remember that once you were gentiles by physical descent who were called uncircumcised by Jews who are physically circumcised. At that time, you were without Christ. You were aliens rather than citizens. You were one thing, not another, and strangers to the covenant of God's promise. In this world, you had no hope and no God. But now, thanks to Christ Jesus, you who once were so far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ Christ is our peace. He made both Jews and Gentiles into one group. With his body, he broke down the barrier of hatred that divides us. He canceled the detailed rules of the law so that he could create one new person. So that he could create one new person out of two groups. Making peace. He reconciled them both as one body to God by the cross, which ended the hostility to God. When he came, he announced the good news of peace to you who were far away from God and to those who were near. We both have access to the Father through Christ by the one Spirit. There it is. So now you are no longer strangers and aliens. Rather, you are... Rather, you are fellow citizens with God's people, and you belong to God's household. As God's household, you are built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as a cornerstone. The whole building is joined together in him, and it grows up into a temple that is dedicated to the Lord Christ is building you into a place where God lives through the Spirit. Praise God, this is the Word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Did you hear it? It's fundamentally about an identity change. Something dramatic is, happen- is happening and has happened because of the person Jesus, who's also bigger than the person Jesus, and is now this this... Larger Christ figure. And with Christ, this is so complicated to talk about. With Christ, but it's so wild. With Christ, we are made into something new, and that something new is the building blocks of the foundation of a temple for the worship of God. And in that temple, all good things come to pass. In the temple, built by and through Christ, where all the people who make up this building and this community, in this temple, there is no one with need. Everyone has all that they need because fundamentally, we are supporting each other, caring for one another, loving one another, holding one another. The imagery of the temple is so powerful because if you removed a wall here, the building would collapse on itself. I've never looked at that brick before. That one right there, the one with the little like black dot up in the top right corner? I've never looked at that brick before. But without it, the space would collapse. <laughs> it's amazing to me. That everything relies so deeply on the smallest things. In my mind and in my heart, it is so easy to diminish the people who seem to play the smallest of roles because they don't change the world. It's easy to focus on the people who show up in headlines of newspapers, who get named as the strongest of servant leaders in communities, who get sent to the largest of churches, who get named as bishops or superintendents. It's easy to focus on the people who are honored all the time. Fundamentally, because of Jesus, those distinctions are meaningless. Absolutely meaningless. Every single brick to this wall matters to the structural integrity of this space of worship. Every pane in these glass windows, however dull and holds up the banner of the picture itself. Every fishing line <laughs> attached to this pole holds up the banners that remind us of the beauty of God. There is nothing insignificant. Through God, nothing is wasted. Nothing. And by extension, no one. When we affirm the mystery of our faith with all of these words... I mean, I don't know if you ever noticed, but we, we change tense in the same paragraph describing who Jesus is. Has anyone ever picked up on that? Uh, I believe in the incarnation of God through Jesus Christ. Even when humanity seems hopelessly flawed, Christ becomes human in Jesus. Jesus lived among us, right? Because it's complicated, Was Jesus born or is Jesus born? Was Christ present or is Christ present? It feels like a grammatical error, but it's because of the truth here that through you, even if you're a brick no one's ever looked at, through you, (laughs) through you, the structure The tangibility of community, of love, of grace is held up through you, like you hold up the community of faith. And we know that only because of what Jesus of what Paul tells us about Jesus and about our role in the community. I realize I'm not making sense, and I I want to make an excuse for myself. uh, Yesterday I did a race, and so my head is in a thousand different places, and also I'm exhausted, but I cannot think of any way that is more clear to say We have to be careful because each of us matters so deeply. We have to be careful that we don't just become the shell of veneer. Do you you understand what I mean there? If we are becoming something, if we are being turned into bricks, if we are being turned into the structures that support what is good and healthy and whole in the world, it would be a tragedy. It'd be a tragedy. If all of those were just affects rather than aspects of who of who we are. If we speak of love, but do not have it. If we speak of grace, but do not offer it. If we speak of joy, but do not allow ourselves to bubble over with it. If we speak of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. If we speak of these things, but do not have them. The building blocks of our society are built simply with a veneer. And it becomes a perfect description of why so much of our collective church is failing now, because we have prioritized the prettiest bricks we've prioritized the easiest to look at, easiest to be around, without a care for what lies underneath the surface. So, trying to pull these things together, When we affirm that every single life matters because of their inherent worth in Christ, that doesn't negate the need for us to be holy of one substance. The veneered brick matters as much as the perfectly oaken, oaked, oaky. I don't know how you say that. The, you know, the whole one. Both lives matter infinitely. But if we build up our faith with veneered bricks, they will crumble when life gets hardest. And so when we affirm the mystery of our faith in God, through Christ, by the Spirit. When we affirm all of these things, we have to take this incredible tension into our lives of prayer so that we can discern without shame, which is why prayer is so essential, Without shame, where what aspects of our lives are veneered over and need to be transformed? We need to allow that to happen. not with shame. Not even with guilt. Just a need to be renewed. I learned the other day that I say this too much, but it is apparently the one thing that I say, and it is this. You are infinitely valued. You are beloved beyond any of your comprehension by a God who loves more deeply than you could ever understand. Period. Whole stop. And also, you're pretty messed up sometimes. (laughs) You're not perfect, and neither am I. And this is the tension we hold through Jesus. We are both things. Beloved, good, valued. And a little messed up. And if we can hold those two things, which seem to be in opposition to one another, by the standards of my own life, if we can hold those two things, which seem to be in opposition together, we will see the opportunity that waits for us. Because our lives won't be veneered. They'll be built up from a foundation, from a firm rock who is consistent and present, drawing us into the same resurrection that he steps into, 2,000 years ago and continues to walk in now. And it is through that hope that I am grateful. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to this week's sermon from North Decatur United Methodist Church. If you like this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. And if you want to learn more about our church, you can visit us at ndumc.org.